Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game coverage of Germany's big 4-0 victory over Iceland. And as you can imagine, this was a thoroughly dominant effort from Germany once again. The team looks really good under Hansi Flick, and, and who couldn't have told you that? I mean, Hansi Flick is pretty much a genius, so I'm not surprised by the results that we are seeing here. But in this one, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but for some fans, I can imagine it was a bit frustrating. Uh, Germany was, as I said, dominant throughout, but probably left a good four to five goals on the pitch. But I'll be honest, I'm not worried about that. I'm just happy that they're playing attacking, fun, creative football, and I can sit back and enjoy a game without being annoyed. So for me, big win-win here. <laughs> Let's take a walk through the game and detail how things happened. Uh, it did not take... Uh, Germany long to get started in this one. In the fourth minute, there was a great sequence of passing from Niklas Sula to Joshua Kimmich to Leroy Sané to Serge Gnabry, who ultimately put the ball in the back of the net. Just a great Bayern to Bayern to Bayern to Bayern setup that uh, gave Germany that early lead and really set the tone for the match, as you could tell from that point. I mean, we all knew Iceland was a little weak coming into this. But they were uh, pretty decimated from the get-go by that play. And it, and it really wasn't much longer before Antonio Rudiger put Germany up 2-0 with a great header off of just a perfect feed from Joshua Kimmich. Uh, it was a great delivery off a set piece. And Rudiger got on the end of it and just hit a thundering header into the net. And at that point, it's 2 nothing. You're in the 24th minute. I will give credit to Iceland because they did not give up. In fact, I will say that they started to push a little harder at this point and start to press Germany and make Germany work for everything. And I'll be honest, over the course of these three games, that was the most Germany was pushed. And it was good to see that Iceland challenged them because I really wanted to see how Germany would respond. Now, let's get it all out of the way. Again, this is not your top-notch competition. This is not England. It's not France. Uh, but... You know, seeing how Germany was able to handle that pressure and work through it, I, I was, came away impressed. And that was one of the things that I did want to see coming into this. I was happy that Iceland didn't just sit 11 deep and try and prevent scoring. They did try and play a little bit. They were just, they were just outgunned. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not easy to match Germany talent for talent. And Iceland surely wasn't up to that task. But big credit to the heart that they showed and the fact that they were willing to go out and really try and play the game. So Germany led 2-0 at halftime. And then we saw a couple of substitutions. We saw Kai Havertz come on for Serge Gnabry, Lucas Klosterman come on for Hoffman. And I thought, I thought Klosterman looked great. I thought I was really happy to see that he got some time. And then I thought he came in other than probably one uh, play where he didn't anticipate a ball going long offensively it wasn't really long it's just that he didn't make the run quick enough uh, and he still ended up getting the ball but it could have been much more dangerous than it was uh, other than that I thought Klosterman looked really good and he did some good things offensively and defensively so that's just one more weapon for Hansi Flick to work with uh, but anyway back to the match uh, Leroy Sané uh, got his name on the score sheet with just a tremendous goal, uh, hit hard with his left foot, and it was set up by L uh, Leon Goretzka, who has just been a magic man at uh, dishing out the assists over the course of this international break. 
Uh, Goretzka, what can you say about him? When he's on his game, he's just so good because he's a physical mismatch for a lot of midfielders. He's big, he's fast, he's strong. He's able to do so much, but he's also got that fine passing ability to find those runners, find the open players. And I think he put that on display. So hopefully Bayern Munich gets their uh, act together with his negotiations and finalizes that deal in the coming hours, which, you know what, we're all kind of expecting that to happen. So there could be some big news on the horizon with that over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, in the 59th minute, we saw Robin Gozens come on for Nicolas Sula. And in the 60th minute, we saw Jamal Musiala come on for Leroy Sané. At this point, it's 3-0, and <laughs> a lot of people will look at this part of the game and they'll start to look at uh, how the Premier League boys fared offensively. And, you know, you'll probably hear or read all about this, but Kai Havertz fluffed a chance. Timo Werner had two or three that he probably should have scored. Ilkay Gundogan had a wide-open opportunity and hit it right at the goalie. So, yeah, the Premier League boys did not fare so well offensively, but I will again credit Germany for continuing to attack, continuing to find the open players, and continuing to get shots on net. They created just a ton of opportunities, and more than anything, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a fun brand of football with a lot of offensive creativity, some quick short runs, uh, some dribbling in the open field, and I, I got to see all of it, so I was entertained as hell by this game. Uh, in the 80th minute, we saw Florian Wirtz come on for Goretzka, and in the 89th minute, Timo Werner finally did get that goal, uh, courtesy of some great spin on the ball and some good shielding by Kai Havertz, who was a great teammate, and let the ball go into the net. And I'll tell you what, uh, while that goal was really inconsequential in the game, right? it was 3-0 at that point in the 89th minute, it was so good to see Havertz do that because Werner had, he definitely had left, what, two, three goals on the pitch at that point. And, I mean, with so much heat coming down on him from the media and from fans alike, and, and he'll still get it. He's still going to hear it. If he did not score that goal, I think there could have been some mental damage done to him because I, I think he probably could have looked at that game film and said, like, I, I don't know how I didn't make these, and I must be a terrible player. And listen, I am uh, Mr. Hashtag Timo time. And he did not have a good game offensively in terms of finishing. Making the runs, yes. Getting open, yes. Putting himself in prime positions to score, yes. All of those things were good. The finishing was not so good. But in the end, he did redeem himself. He totally redeemed himself, just like they say in Dumb and Dumber, which I love that, um, and with some help from Kai Havertz. So don't start making those Dumb and Dumber memes with uh, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. I don't mean it that way, but uh, you know, with some help from Havertz, Werner got that goal. He closed out the scoring, and Germany walked away with a 4-0 victory. So uh, my talking points from the match, I was, I was happy. I'm happy with the match. I'm happy with the outcome. I'm happy with the performance. I don't, I legitimately don't care about the goals left on the field. And some people will really hammer home that Germany should have scored more. They should have won by a greater margin. Yeah, they should have. But think about where we all were just a year ago. Think about where we all were with Yogi Love at the helm and how boring this team was, and how inconsistent they were, and how he had great players, and they seemingly forgot how to play football under him. 
And listen, for all of the good stuff that Yogi Love did, there was the 2014 World Cup, the 2017 Confederations Cup, whatever happened after that Confederations Cup, whatever happened with his personnel decisions, his strategy, his coaching choices, whatever, it did not work. And it was extremely frustrating for fans. It was extremely frustrating for me to sit here and watch it because I got to the point where I was not looking forward to the games. In fact, they became kind of a job to watch, which really shouldn't be that way. You should really want to watch and engage in these games and be interested and want to talk about them. But, you know, all too often when we when we watch Germany games of the past couple of years, it was just more venting about how frustrated we all were. So right now, I will take this international break. I will appreciate the three wins. I will appreciate the what, and what did it end up? Six goals against Armenia, four against Iceland, two against Liechtenstein, 12 goals, they gave up none. I, I will take that any day. The biggest thing that I think people need to take away from this is that Germany took care of business. And not only did that, but they looked like Germany in doing so. All right, we saw some solid defense. We saw good ball movement. We saw the midfield completely controlled. No matter who was running point in the midfield, we saw Germany in control, uh, dictating the pace of the game, finding both long and short passing lanes, and really just overall dominating from that position. Offensively, we saw some just great movement, some great runs, some good vision and passing. This looked like a really fun team to watch. And if you can honestly look at these three games and tell me this wasn't fun, that you didn't see a different brand of football being played, then I, I don't know how to help you. Because at this point, I'm happy with what I saw. And yes, there are going to be bigger and harder games down the, down the road. And yeah, it's not going to be Iceland, Armenia, and Liechtenstein. But you have to win these games. You have to win the group. You take care of business, and that's what Germany is doing. So overall, I'm looking at this break, and I am thrilled with what happened. Uh, Hansi Flick, I think, as I've said before, has just made a huge impact with the team's confidence, with their resilience, and also with their style of play. This is fun. This is creative. This is more free-flowing than I think we've seen in years from Germany. So just imagine when they get Thomas Muller and Marco Royce healthy again. Just imagine what this squad could look like if they get Mats Hummels healthy again. You're going to integrate some of these key veterans into such a young and talented team. I think that you're going to have a recipe for success. Does that mean they're going to win the World Cup? I don't know. At this point, you know, I have no idea. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, I, I, I think so highly of this break that they're going to win the World Cup. No, you're not going to get that out of me right now. Maybe, maybe in a couple of months, but not right now. But what I will tell you is instead of having a defeatist attitude entering the World Cup like I did with the Euros, I think Germany really is pushing themselves in a position to be a contender for the World Cup. And that's what we want to see. We want to see this team continue to evolve, continue to improve as a unit, and just get better. And I think we're going to see this. I think if you, we've learned anything about what this team is at this stage and what the coaching staff has done, we can be confident that at least right now, these players are all on the same page. They're all working and playing with an attacking mindset, and they are all busting it all the time. When you're seeing the wingers busting it back and playing defense, and the strikers getting back to, and getting deep to intercept passes, at back passes, 
we're seeing these things that might not have occurred under Gogi Love. And again, I don't want to bash the guy. He was a great manager in his time. Unfortunately for him, the game, at least the international game, had passed him by and his message was no longer relevant to these players. So that'll about do it here. Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm really happy with everything. I hope you guys really can can sit back and enjoy this. And yeah, I know there's going to be people bashing Havertz and bashing Werner and bashing all the Premier League boys except Rudiger who had himself a pretty solid game. But this is what it is right now, okay? I mean, those players, for as much as you might hate that they missed, think about the fact that they were in those positions and consistently in those positions. I'm not worried about it. I like everything that I saw over this break. I'm looking, you know, I'm really looking forward to the Bayern Munich game starting back up. But uh, this was fun. This was the most fun I had on an international break in a very long time. So let's enjoy it. And uh, let's have some fun this weekend as Byron prepares for a big match against Arbe Leipzig. As always, follow us at Bavarian FB Works. You can get me at the Barrel Blog. And check all of our post-game coverage on www.bavarianfootballworks.com. We've got everything from our initial analysis to our match awards to our observations and this podcast. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.